Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Have you been shooting today? Yeah, I actually had two shoots today. Oh, you're always so busy. Queen multitasking. I'm chatting with Jess Pecoraro, who shares her journey from teenage fashion intern to in-demand freelance stylist. Jess gives us her tips for a wardrobe detox, why she's on board with the fewer, better, longer approach, and what key pieces every woman should have in her wardrobe. Awesome. Well, you're yes. currently a freelance stylist, but yeah. got a lot of younger girls out there would like to know is how did you get your start in the fashion industry um well I kind of my first my first anything fashiony was in magazines so I started mm-hmm. interning when I was 19 so pretty much straight from school um I was quite lucky I like finished school and I was 17 so kind of time gap year traveled um, came back and just started interning and I think from there that's where I you know started from a two-day week it went to three-day week um, to a four-day week five-day week and this is all unpaid as well yeah wow <laughs> yeah and I think that's what girls I don't think they understand I think it's they think it's quite glamorous and fabulous and it is but it's also a lot of hard work and most of the time at the start it's free yeah. So how did you manage that? Were you living at home? Yes, at and time? that's the thing I'm always like, and I remember interning with other girls who, mm. you know, were really talented and, you know, hardworking, but they couldn't do everything that I did because they, you know, had rent to pay, bills to pay. They had, you know, a second job that was kind of helping them do that. And it does, like, you get to a certain time where you're like, you can't keep going. Yeah. Um, and is that because there's so many limited roles in the fashion correct, industry? Yeah, correct. And like I, I think the time like when I started, this is like now nearly like ten years ago. Like the girls and them, lucky, you know, I was fortunate enough for them to kind of create a semi-role so that mm. I was getting paid. I think I got paid two hundred dollars a week though. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, I'm on the masthead of Cosmo magazine, <laughs> like. How fabulous. So what magazines did you work for? Um, so I started at Cosmo. Um, then I moved to Dolly. Um, I did a bit of Cleo. Um, then I moved to Women's Fitness, a bit of Women's Health. Um, I kind of moved around and that's the only, like, that's the great thing about, like, once you're in that building, jobs mm used to pop up regularly because, you know, girls move around and, you know, girls get promoted and, you know, people leave or they move overseas. So, you know, if that's what you wanted to do, that's where you had to be. You had to start as an intern and, you know, even the opportunity to like meet other, other girls and have interviews with editors and stuff was, you know, something that was the only way to kind of get in. And, and were you writing or just No, so just styling. I'm a, terrible writer um just styling and it's funny like you know when you're an intern all you do is you're pretty much doing returns you're like in the cupboard Mm. and you know assisting on um shoots and whatever they have going on um but I kind of I used to then do all my test shoots on the weekend and at night because I knew I'm like if I have to apply 
for a job, I'm going to have to show them something. So what's a test shoot? Is that kind of like building a portfolio? Correct. Yeah. So we, you know, you'd, you know, practice, practice shooting. So um, I would email agencies and just shoot any of their new faces um, along with, you know, new photographers, hair and makeup. And it's like everyone's starting. So everyone's eager to shoot. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that's the only way to kind of build your portfolio. And also, you know, to apply for those jobs, people want to see that you can, can do it. Because you know, it's yeah. great, you're you know you're great at doing returns, but you know you have to do more than that. And yeah, I kept you know kept kept testing even once I did get a job because I knew you know what I was doing for the mags wasn't enough for the next job, so I kept doing that. I'm still doing that. I still test. You know, it's fun and and so did you build moving to being a freelance stylist did you build a lot of your relationships I guess with magazines and also your private clients during that time not really because I so I left mags when Cleo and Jolly merged so we were all pretty much so imagine two huge teams because teams back then were quite large and they all merged (laughs) together and we all had to apply for our jobs again or take a redundancy and I took my redundancy and kind of now looking back, I was like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? <laughs> but I was young and I'm now I'm so fortunate that I did that because I left that world at a good time when there weren't many freelance stylists. Um, and I was also young. So I feel like when you're young, you kind of just do anything. A little more fearless, yeah, aren't you? you? kind of, you're like, yep, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. Um, my first big freelance job was doing like the ATC like stylist for the Australian mm-hmm. Turf Club. I had no mm-hmm. idea what I was doing. <laughs> but I did it and I was like, yes, I will dress 25 ambassadors. I have no wow. assistant, um, no office, just my car and I would drive around to everyone's house all around Sydney and mm. just dress everyone and I did it for like no money. But I did it and now I'm like, and they're like still my client to this day. Fantastic. So digging a little into how that actually works. So when you say you, you know, you dress celebrities uh, for events and things, how does it work? Do you loan clothes? Yeah, so every- you use their clothes? Yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting dynamic. Yeah, it is. It? And it's quite, and it kind of varies. Uh, but most of the time, everything is loan. It's funny, like, I feel like most of my clients don't own many items because they either travel so much or they don't have to because everything is always loaned and you know they're on shoots and events so they don't need to own such an excessive wardrobe um so yeah everything is loaned um they are generally attending you know an event or something to do with a brand so we Mm -hmm. you know generally have like a brief from the brand then you know you also have to be mindful of what you know their image is like what their actual brand is as well, their personal brand. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, and you kind of just go from there, I guess. Yeah. I saw that you've um, started making some videos yes. from home. You've got Kate Waterhouse on yeah. there. She's been a long-time client. Yeah, yours, she was one she? of my first from the ATC. Yeah, yeah. And And it's funny kind of building that relationship, like, you know, seeing her kids and now I've got Harley and all of that and it kind of becomes more than just a work relationship which is nice um and I think it also helps with you know I know her style and you kind of know their lifestyle as well 
there's a lot of trust required as exactly, well isn't there? yeah and I but I also think you know it's also still has to be quite professional like I think you know you see a lot of people that's how I kind of I don't know they just they go from being professional to friends and then kind of you know they lose that you know it's still a job you still have to treat that person as you know a client you can't find- I think that's a really good piece of advice especially for those starting out in the industry because it is really hard sometimes you do blur the lines between professional and friendships Correct. and you know it's like they you know you still have to look at them like that and go the extra mile always and I love that you've been kind of doing these these wardrobe edits <laughs> yes. and I mean I I actually called you when I had a shoot and I didn't want to go and buy an outfit just for this shoot. I knew I probably had something, but I'd kind of lost my style mojo. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best way when something like that happens, you know you've got good stuff in there. How do you edit your wardrobe and create new outfits? Yeah, it's so funny. I feel like so many of my clients have this issue and, like, they just want to buy new things. I think that's the first <laughs> thought. It's like, no, I need to go shopping. And I'm always like, no, you don't. I'm sure you've got something there. And... I think it's also trying things like mixing new pieces together, like what we did. It's just, mm. you know, and it also helps having a new eye, like someone yes. new to see everything because, you know, it does, I'm the same. I, you know, look at my wardrobe every day and I'm you know, like, I've got nothing to wear, but I'm sure if someone else walked in, they create this completely new outfit that I would never do. So it's like that. Um, and what I even said to you, it's like take the time to, even if it's a Sunday night, Sunday afternoon and just plan plan your looks for the week kind of makes that week much nicer. <laughs> I agree. And it's about making time, isn't it? And that's one thing you taught me is make time to, to create, you know, outfits and try different things on and give yourself that time exactly. like, rather than feeling like you have to buy new that's things. That's right. Like, you know, and I think both of us, you know, we're so busy and but we're still in that industry where everyone thinks you should look a certain part and mm. kind of feel like we always just forget about us. It's like everyone else yes. first and then you're kind of a right a bit frazzled. <laughs> That's so true, very true. And actually it's funny talking about the industry and fashion. Um, I mean COVID-19 has kind of shaken oh, things up. Crazy. And one of the, the, the themes coming out of this is this, and I've said it all the time, and, it, and, and we do this at Jasmine World, fewer, better, longer. And it's about having fewer pieces that are perhaps of better quality um, and wearing them for a longer time and maybe having a more edited wardrobe and not this excess that we've seen in the fashion industry. Do you, do you think we're going to see a change? I think so. Like we have to. Like I think, yeah. you know, everything is so fast-paced. Which, you know, I love that. Like I'm all about that crazy lifestyle and doing 100 million things in a day. But in terms of clothes, it's, yeah, it's like trend after trend after trend after trend after trend. And it's, you know, you buy, you know, you're on pre-order for a pair of shoes the minute you get them. It's the next (laughs) shoe. It's like actually that's no longer on trend. They've just dropped a new shoe. So it's kind of always Mm. keeping up with, the next thing and you know as much as it's my job to be you know on trend and all that I'm such a believer of classic timeless pieces Mm. and you know and I love that with your work yeah Yeah. and I'm like have fun with like you know there's little you know there's a time and place for you know that fun 
fun piece and you know whatever it is but I'm like if you need to invest I'd in, I'm always investing classic pieces you know yes yeah, so I wanted to ask you this so I'm all for savvy purchasing, investing in the classics, spending less on the fashion pieces. But how do you how do you get the mix right? So, you know, as someone who lives and breathes this industry, what's what are your top tips for doing that? My 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 classic thing that I'm like you have to spend spend money on shoes and bags, mm-hmm. and always like classic styles, like you know, a point or just a simple strappy heel, like nothing too on trend um Mm -hmm. bags I'm like you have to that's a must um definitely a blazer and it's just also the way the fit and the fabric and then where do I throw in my $50 you know purchase is it is it a t-shirt from Zara is it a pop of color like where where do I do the same my my favorite t-shirts are those Uniqlo men's ones that are I think 1995 Yes, the white cotton. Yes, and the Zara mm-hmm. mum jeans that I think yes. $49. So they're things that yeah. I'm like, you're not going to have them forever. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, you can buy those. And, you know, if you're spending $59 on your jeans and $20 on your top, then I think it's fine to have, you know, you need like your beautiful coat or just something to kind of carry the look together. So when we're cleaning out our wardrobe, how do we go about it? Because sometimes I think, and for people who have big wardrobes, it can be really overwhelming. Oh, so where do you start? You have to set a day. <laughs> I'm always yeah, like okay. set a whole day where there's no mm-hmm. interruptions, nothing. And, and like put it in your diary as like, this is a job. I need to do this today. Yeah. I usually like to take everything out and try on things as you go. Because it's, you know, so often you keep things that you're like, no, no, I'll definitely wear that. You try it on and you're like, I actually don't love it. So kind of everything, everything out, out and then only put back pieces, pieces that you, that like, you love. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, what we did together as well, just kind of create looks as you go um, and try yes. and mix different things. So, you know, a shirt that you would never wear with a pant, try it and see if that kind of works and, you know, wear a mm-hmm. coat over it, just kind of create looks. And also taking photos as you go. That's one thing you taught yeah. me, which is really useful because when you're stuck for an idea, you kind can just flip through, through your phone exactly. and find an outfit that you've already put together. Exactly. Like, and even like if you've got the space, having like an extra rack either outside of your room or in your room, just somewhere where you've kind of created those looks. And that's what we were saying even like yes. during the week. So, you know, like on Monday I've got a meeting, I've got an event and you kind of just see them there as well mm. even for packing and traveling I'm like it's so much easier when you kind of see everything there and you know okay I can wear that shirt with you know those pants that jean those shorts and it's you know saves you taking four shirts instead of you know just one yeah so being visually exactly. accessible to you. Mm-hmm. great tip private versus corporate clients um, or magazines, I should say, what's the mix like? Uh, It it, it varies. And, you know, I've got weeks where I'm back-to-back fittings for events Mm -hmm. and it kind of depends on the time of year as well. Yes. Um, And then, you know, weeks where I'm on shoots every day, which 
kind of everyone always asks me, what do you prefer? Mm. And it's funny, like day four of a shoot asked me and I'm like, oh, I just want to be in a fitting right now. Yeah. And then <laughs> day four of a fitting, I'm like, oh, I would love to be on set right now. Yeah. So it kind of just depends and varies. Um, and it, they're just completely different, you know. Yeah. Um, a fitting can go from, you know, one hour to four hours, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and shoots are the same. You know, you have some shoots that are super quick, some that are, you know, long and draining. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, kind of it's a good mix. Mm. Do you have an assistant that helps you now? I mean, yes. what people probably don't understand is all of this, you know, lending, borrowing of clothes, having oh. to return them, having sourcing, um, I think everyone communication. That- it's a huge job beyond the actual styling job, isn't it? Oh, and that's the thing. I think so many people don't realise. Anyway, even assistants sometimes, they don't, you know, it's like your day ends here. My mm. day doesn't end because then I'll go home and I've got emails and the client needs to see pre-production, like all of that, meetings, um, it's just constant. Um, yeah. The returns, the the pulling of stuff, I think, you know, that's so much, that's time-consuming. Mm. And, yeah, I've got an assistant, which is right. great, but you're still, you'd be the same. You're still across everything. And, you know, if anything goes wrong, it's always on you. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. So we were just saying before work's kind of, it's starting to ramp up now for you with restrictions um, kind of easing up. Easing up, yes, exactly. Um, and being able to have more people in a room and perhaps start shooting again. What's next? Has, has this moment of pause given you an opportunity to kind of think about where your career moves next or is it business as usual? Well, kind of a mix. I feel like so much of what I do as well is event-based so that element isn't you know we don't know when that will start which is quite scary as well Mm. because you know before COVID I was literally back to back you know booked for events for up until like August and Mm. then you finish that and you know you've got spring racing so you kind of know what's ahead of you yes all of that is just you know pretty much cancelled postponed so that's quite scary but we're also seeing the magazine industry really change there's huge redundancies and which is so sad as well because I feel like that's how I kind of started and it's sad for you know girls that are wanting to do that it's like okay how are you how are they going to get into into this industry like what do they have to do and being in the magazine just helps digital world now so we're, well, we're going to start seeing it all go digital but we still well, need stylists don't we yeah well that's what they've said as well that's you know a few of the mags will only be digital mm. um for the time being but then you know it's one of those things then i don't know people prefer that so maybe then they just stick to that mm. i don't know i'm i'm a hard copy kind of girl <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like, I'm like, I just love buying a magazine. Like, it's just something, you know. And mm. it's quite sad that, you know, all these publications that have been around for so many years won't be. So, yeah, it's um, definitely changing time. Yeah. So I've got a 
a couple of short, quick questions for you, mainly for myself, actually. (laughs) Other people would love to hear it. (laughs) So, what should we be investing in for this winter? A good coat. Okay. Coat or a trench? Like, I feel like some women don't don't like coats. They find, and I feel like, especially women with kids, they kind of think they're too bulky, Mm -hmm. so they prefer a trench. Yes. Yes. So when you say coat, what kind of, what describe the coat? You're like thinking? an oversized woolen, like Max Mara coat vibe, okay. you know, those like beautiful, like oversized, big lapel buttons, kind of that. that Slightly look. masculine. Yeah. Divine. My kind of coat. Yes, your coat. <laughs> <laughs> and five pieces every woman should have in her wardrobe. Five pieces. Um, denim, like a good jean mm-hmm. um if they're a jean person otherwise a pant like yes. just a beautiful like trouser mm-hmm. um a white tee mm-hmm. a crisp white shirt yes um a point heel or a flat kind of depends on you know their lifestyle am i on four yeah yes mm-hmm. um oh god a blazer yes yeah. Yeah. And then for handbags, what, what do you, so an evening bag perhaps and then a day bag? Yeah, a day bag, like a kind of like a toped kind mm-hmm. of bag. Mm-hmm. So something that can fit your laptop. Yes. And then an evening bag, just anything really that fits your iPhone. Yes. We've seen some little mini, mini bags. <laughs> we have. As a stylist, you probably get asked this quite a lot, but best and worst purchases you've made? Best, um, a vintage Chanel blazer. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, worse, oh, I feel like I've bought into like those terrible trends that kind of look good in like on models mm-hmm. and then they arrive. Like actually those Bottega like chunky boots. Yes. And I'm so glad I returned them because then we went into ISO. I never would have worn them. And I was actually trying to convince myself that I'd look really cool in them. And I'm so, so glad that I returned them because I'm like, I never would have worn them. So even stylists make mistakes. I like them. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's sometimes, I feel like it's more, you feel like that pressure that you're like, oh, I can definitely pull it off. I know right. what it's meant to look like. I know how how to style it. But then. You just put it on and I just couldn't do it. Mm. Like I remember just trying it on with a few different pants and even Stephen was like, what are you wearing? They look (laughs) so silly. (laughs) So if in doubt, what's your go-to outfit? Um, For like a night out? Yes. Definitely pants, a cool top. Like I actually love, like you know how Dion Lee does those beautiful kind of tops that are casual but still something yes um that an oversized blazer and like a little kitten heel or like a strappy heel mm-hmm. um day jeans white tee blazer or a trench yes so again you're repeating all of these really core items and yeah. them down 
definitely amazing i have date night next week now that we can finally go to restaurants so oh i, I nice. might have to borrow that outfit idea yeah what are you wearing <laughs> i haven't i haven't decided yet <laughs> i think a nice pant you know me i'm like pants. i love a tailored pant too oh. absolutely what's your number one tip for those wanting to make a career shift into something similar to you such as styling where do they start what what would you suggest um, you need to literally hustle mm. and be prepared to do a lot of free work. Mm-hmm. Um, you need you just have to work so hard. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that, and also you have to be nice to everyone. Like, and I think that's one thing that I just remember from you know a really young age. I'm like, you have to be nice to the intern to the boss, to everyone, because I don't know, our industry is so small and people move around and you just don't know, you know, you think, oh, the intern's just the intern, but the intern will probably one day be the CEO of that company that you want to work for. And that's great advice for any industry, really. Exactly. It's like you kind of have to treat everyone the same. So hustle Uh, and hard work. Yeah, that's, I think that's key for, for our industry, like... And there's so many people out there as well. So, and also I think if you've got your style, I think you have to stick to it. Mm. You know, so many people jumped from one thing to another. And, you know, I know like being a really good stylist means you can do everything. Yes. But I think you also have to have your kind of that aesthetic that people know, like, yep, that's Jess Peck, that's Mm -hmm. so-and-so. Just so you're kind of the go-to for that. So I think that's really important. Fantastic advice and you are definitely a walking, talking example of hard work and Thank you're a fantastic you. role model absolutely to those younger ones that are that are building their careers just like you have. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for no, Thanks for having me. I'll see you soon. I'll definitely see you soon. You can pop over and pick me a date night outfit. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, send me the brief. <laughs> Bye, Jess. Bye, Jess. Bye, Bye. Bye. You cut out. <laughs> Did it record the first? Yes, bit? yeah, it will record. It's fine. You can just oh. that's what's so great about this app, right? Like you can just hit record. <laughs> if you need like, to go to the bathroom or something. I'm, like, I'm not pressing anything until <laughs> You know, my first podcast I did, um, someone started calling me and it disconnected it. So, you know, <laughs> we've come a long way. <laughs> I've worked out how to use it now.